opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit ConflictHealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, we talk about having great guests. We have a wonderful guest today, Lisa Reed, and we are going to be talking about, really, the a guide to cultivating happy and productive employees. And, you know, the name of our show is Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Collaboration. And what better place to collaborate than in the workplace and so so I have just finished reading this wonderful book called Manage to Success, A Guide to Cultivating Happy and Productive Employees by Lisa Reed. And it's always such a great thrill for me when I can interview authors who I know and love. And I have so much respect and love for Lisa Reed. She is a tremendous speaker and trainer and business consultant. So let me tell you a little bit more about Lisa. Um, Lisa uh, received her master's in communications in the 90s, and then she brought her expertise in communication to her roles as an executive leader, a business owner, and a sales professional. As the founder of Employee Management Consulting, she provides profitable solutions that dramatically reduce cost employee turnover and she teaches proven strategies to increase employee retention because we all know the more turnover you have, the greater the cost and the more the aggravation, the retraining. It's just, you know, anytime I've had to have employee turnover, it is a real hassle and a stress for me. So um, let's get started. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mari. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited. Yes, and I know you're going to give us all sorts of secrets to managing employees. So let's start out with what is one of the biggest challenges managers face on a day-to-day basis? I think one of the, one of, that's a great question. One of the challenges that I know I hear about from my clients and that I face was really juggling a lot of things. It's like you are trying to manage your team or your staff or your employees to make sure they're doing their job, to make sure you're doing your job so that whoever's uh, overseeing you is happy too. So it's like a you're balancing all these moving parts and just trying to keep the whole, all the wheels turning. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the hardest part. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all these young people coming into the workplace 
place. And I, you know, in the olden days, shall I say, even when I was first going out in the working world, it wasn't so, I mean, you didn't expect that you were going to be happy necessarily. You knew you had to work in that environment and you had to make it work, mm-hmm. even if you were miserable. And you would work and you might stay there for 30, 40 years. I mean, I know people who have stayed in a position that they were not happy in 30, 40 years because that was how they were going to bring home the bread and, and you know, support their family. And that has changed tremendously. People, if they're not happy, they're going to get out. So uh, managers yeah. have so many responsibilities. I know I'm a manager. I know you're a manager. Um, what are some of the big mistakes that managers are making out there that really make people not happy and want to leave? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, one of the biggest mistakes managers make is delegation. And I know we all think delegation is a great idea. And and yet the truth of the matter is there's things that get in the way of us delegating. Um, trust, you know, issues, control issues, or maybe you've, gave, you've given someone a project to do, but they didn't do it well, and then you look bad. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things where maybe you're so, you have so much time uh, that you're already working so much, you don't have time to teach someone how to do something, and so we just get in, caught in that trap of like, oh, I, you know, it's easier for me to just do it myself than teach somebody, and what if they do it wrong, then I'm going to have to go back and spend more time. So, so that mistake of not scheduling out or creating a delegation plan can really bite you in the in the behind you know it can really um, make it make that cycle continue and continue to get worse rather than take slowing it down taking that time training in a in a strategic way so that you can start taking things off your plate and that when we're just doing fire drills all the time it's it's just it's one of the biggest issues i think managers have yeah and oh you are so right and i know for me as kind of you know being an attorney for the last 30 years i have to stop this control thought you know because if i have to control everything then i'm overwhelmed and that's not good so yeah i've learned over the years take yeah take the time kind of go slow to go fast Fast. <laughs> yeah. Really train my staff well, and as I do, then I can delegate. You know, delegate a little, trust a little. That's what I've learned: is I delegate, and then I check to make sure they understand. Then I delegate a little more. Then I check to make sure that I understand, mm-hmm. and then you know, I think that's how you build the trust in it. Is if you just do the training and then let them go, you're going to be sorry. It's going to bite you in the butt, like what you were talking about yeah 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 so you train and then you kind of check for understanding and kind of watch what they do and uh yeah it's not easy to be a manager these days is it it's not and i i liked what you had said about kind of you know the olden days and now things are a little different there's so much more entrepreneurialism now or you look on resumes and people don't say like they definitely don't say 20 30 years anymore that is I mean, I'm sure there are some people that do, but that is definitely not the trend that we're moving in. It is a changing, changing world. Yeah. And if if employees don't feel valued in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, what are the risks to the company? Huge risks. As you know, um, when you hire someone, you imagine you hire this perfect person and they, they, you do spend that time delegating or training them to delegate and they're like your right hand and you just, you, you, you know, you can take a day off or, or leave them in charge of something and it's going to get done and then you forget to thank them or we start to take 
take them for granted and we don't check in with them to see what is it that they're needing, what are they motivated by, where do they see themselves in the future. And then one day they hand in their resignation because another company snatched them up. Right. And it cost up to 200% of that person's salary to rehire to, because you think you're out, you're short staffed now because you have a missing, you have a hole. You have to, you know, pay to advertise to get new resumes and you spend time reviewing those. Then you spend time interviewing. Then you spend time hiring. Then you spend time training. And then you're hoping that the person is going to do as good of a job as the person you just lost. So we're talking about not just money, but tons of time, which also is money. Oh, for sure. Every time I've had to have a turnover, it's been so stressful for me, you know, going mm-hmm. through that again. And, you know, a couple times I was I was glad, like one, I had a paralegal who I adored and I knew she was so smart and I did appreciate her and I did love her, but I also knew it was time for her to go to law school, you know, so, right. uh, so that. But the good news about that was she didn't just give me her resignation or anything. She told me way ahead of time. I went through the whole thing with her application, and we interviewed together, and she helped nice. me. But but that kind of stuff is, you're right. I mean, I have learned that over the years, and I am every day I say thank you for everything. I have this wonderful assistant, you know, Anne, who talked to you, and I just mm-hmm. adore her and do everything I possibly can to appreciate and value her. And I think it's, you know, when you have a small office like I do, it's easier. But I think it might be harder when you have a larger office to make sure that you value everybody. So how do you do it when you've got... Well, a lot of people listening might be for big, you know, big companies, and then there's a lot of, of smaller companies that are driving by. So, h- how do you suggest that we do this evaluation to, to really value people? I think it, I, you're you're on to a good point there. It does depend on the size of the, of the organization, how many people are being managed, and also the personalities involved. Right. Not every shoe fits every size, you know, or however you want to say that. It it, it is going to be different, and so depending on the individual, there's a couple of basic things I could suggest in terms of checking in with them to see what motivates them. And it can be even something, it can be their big dreams, like what is your big dream, what's your big goal, or something small. I always had a list, um, I'll give one of my secrets away, I always had a list of the favorite snacks of all my employees, <laughs> and I keep a drawer, <laughs> it sounds so silly, but I'm telling you, sometimes the easiest thing. I would just keep a little drawer of all their favorite snacks because some people like healthy stuff, some people like chocolate, some people don't like chocolate, so whatever, you know. And But it makes it special and unique to that person. If, and then they do a great job at something. You can throw them a little snack or put it, put it on their desk. That's a tiny, tiny thing that actually speaks volumes because they know, oh, wow, she really thought about me or they really are paying attention or, wow, that was just an extra special thing that, that she did. So it's little things like that, knowing what makes them laugh, knowing what makes them inspired, who who inspires them, who, you know, what what would they find funny or what's going to get them through that tough time. Yeah, you know, it reminds like me of Lisa when, I don't know if you ever saw that show, Undercover Boss, where... I did, <laughs> And the undercover boss, you know, might have a huge company and and they don't know all the things going on. But I think, you know, aside from what you were talking about, which is so important to know, like, what are the little things that they love, is just also knowing, like, what's going on in their lives. You know, I find out what's going on in 
you know, with with Anne's brother or her fiance, or mm-hmm. always to take that time in the beginning of the week to say, oh, so you know, how how to go over the weekend? What's going on? What's the family going? Before you get into all this stuff that you want to do, and I think we can yeah. teach our managers to do that. So even if you're in a big company. Each manager or supervisor can take an interest, not to pry, but to really take an interest in maybe, you know, giving them the little ideas about find out what are their favorite snacks and they can bring it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's actually, exactly. Like if if you're overseeing several layers of um, managers who then have employees or you're the CEO of a very large company, yes, it does trickle down. So if, if you, if the CEO treats the top management uh, tier in a certain way, then they're going to take what they learn there and bring it down to the next level of managers and so forth and so on. So whatever whatever layer that you're at, you can apply exactly those things in terms of making sure someone feels appreciated, making sure they feel valued in terms of they, they're valued as a human being, like you said, or, or, or job well done. You know, it could be a work-related thing. It could be personal. And knowing that each person is a little different. Some people want to share their whole life story and that's important to them and some people are more private right. so respecting respecting um what that person needs right right and finding out what that is yeah because I, I thought that was so interesting whenever i see the undercover boss you could see those people who really love their company that they work for and i, I think of my daughter who's you know 31 years old and she works for a company that before it got bought out, it was, you know, it was a startup and it was a family and everybody really had so much fun and loved it. And then it got bought out. And there's yeah. such a difference in, you know, how she feels about about work and how she feels about staying there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I that experience too, yeah. yeah. And so, um, it, it makes such a difference. People don't even realize, you know, some of these supervisors and managers come in and they think, well, I've got to get this work done. So they're stressed out and then they just stress everybody else out and um, they're, they're going to lose these good people. It's just not mm-hmm. worth it. So how do you balance this, this um, keeping the quality employees, making them feel good, and at the same time, ensuring productivity and make sure that that's a priority. It's a lot of balancing. It is, which kind of brings us back to that first challenge of like, how do you do all this? How do you how do you create productive and happy employees? And of course, some of it's in our hands and some of it's not. You know, there's that to that degree, of course. But I think it goes similar to what you were just saying that um, if you take that time on the front end to check in, let them know you care, they're going to be a lot more productive. I think the mistake I've seen a lot of managers make, and I've made it myself too, so I'm not perfect, that's for sure, where you know, you're know you driving, driving, driving so hard, productivity, 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 and you forget to take a step back and show that you care, people are going to start leaving. Yep. The good people. Like you want your quality people to stay um, and grow within the organization um, not not leave. So it is showing that you care. Make um, one thing again. It kind of goes back to delegating. Like you don't have to do all this on your own. Find out who on your team can help you. Like who loves being in charge of games? Great. Put them in charge of making a game out of the month or the week, the quarter, or whatever. Who likes keeping track of things? Okay, great. Have them track everyone's birthday or you know, be on the birthday committee, you know, like we, there's lots of creative ways that we can take things off our plate, 
keep it fun, but also when people feel recognized and valued, then when it's when it comes time to hey, we we need to pull an all nighter, or we need to stay late, or we need to come in on Saturday, you have money in the bank. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> withdraw. You have to deposit in order to withdraw. So, exactly, and it made me think about you know the disc, you know the dominant influencer mm-hmm. study and the, and compliant, and that I think if everybody has fun taking that test to find out, like you know I always uh, whenever I'm teaching disc, I'm always we're I'm teaching people about what you do, which is teaching people how to really encourage their employees and get out of their employees what the best that they can get. You, you know, your point about, okay, if somebody is the entertainer or the, you know, influencer, then they will want to plan the things for the birthdays, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, um, yeah I recently did a retreat, and I, I just felt it was going to be so much for me for, you know, seven days together with all these people that I asked them all, basically, what, what are you good at? What do you love to do? And I have one couple that planned all of the games, all of the games right. they loved it, you know. Somebody else planned all like songs, romantic songs to sing together. Someone else did is doing art night. So that really um, encourages them to have fun and show what they're really good at. And be and that helps them to feel valued, and it sure took a lot of stress off of me to be able yeah. to do that, you know. And so I think you're so right. If you can find out if they'll let you do these little like the disc test for everybody, then you can say, okay, this person is great at details. I'm going to give them something that's real detailed oriented, and mm-hmm. this person likes to you know kind of tell everybody what to do and be the leader. Well, let's give that person the leadership role. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I had one guy who was really good at the technology stuff, like if anyone's computer you know, had an issue, he knew how to fix it. He wasn't, that wasn't his job, but we didn't have an on-site IT person. Right. So it was great. Yeah. (laughs) You were like our unofficial tech person, and he enjoyed doing it, and he, and everyone you know, really appreciated him, and it worked out. And valued him, and then he felt good, Mm because then he was successful. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. finding out what these people do, you know, and the worst thing we can do, probably, is to put somebody in doing something that they really hate to do, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's not going to last very long. (laughs) (laughs) Right, if they're doing something that they really hate to do, yeah, it's, it's it's really pathetic. And, I, you know, the other thing it reminds me of that my daughter, you know, because I get these complaints from my daughter and says, Mom, what should I do? And so she had this one manager that every time she would do all this work, he would take the credit. Yeah. And, and that is another thing. To, if you want to lose somebody, that... <laughs> That's another thing that you don't want to do is you take the credit. You know, if you give your no. your staff the credit, then then they're going to be happy to do more for you, right? Yes, yes. I think in that book, Good to Great, he talks about the humility of the leader. Yes. And how, you know, it's like people would say, you know, the... The people with the big ego would say, oh, it's all me, and, and I did such a great job. But the, the real true great leaders were the ones who said, well, you know, our team is our team is just fantastic, and we just have great employees, and, and 
everyone worked really hard, and they give the credit, they ended up being uh, more excellent and exceptional than, than the ones who took credit for, for everything. Yeah, exactly. So we are speaking today with Lisa Reed, who is the author of this wonderful, really helpful and insightful and enlightening book called Manage to Success, a guide to cultivating happy and productive employees. And we and I, I love the uh, <laughs> I love the cover with these little uh, paper dolls kind of holding onto each other's yeah. hands, showing that they're collaborative and they're happy and they're productive, and that's great. So tell me, Lisa, from a CEO perspective, what qualities do you think company leaders really want in their managers? I think that they want people who can make decisions effectively. Um, they, it's like they want someone who can work well on their own, but not wreck the train. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not go off in another direction. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and so then there's, that takes a certain um, courageousness, a certain amount of trustworthiness and authenticity. And, um, and a hard worker, of course, you know, they want someone who's dedicated to, to their company or to the product or service that they provide, but also who treats people with respect and, and has integrity. I think those are, those are key. A oh, quick, God, you know, quick yeah. learner is good. I think people can learn about, if you're a quality employee, you can usually pick up the culture of the company or the, the service or the product. You can learn that. But there's certain things that are hard to train, like work ethic is, is not always hard. It, that's not as easy to train. So strong work ethic, I think, is really important. Yeah, and that's, you know, you talk about um, hiring people and Boy, that's that's the hiring process, right? Kind of really mm-hmm. being able to have that, besides doing the background check or whatever else you need to do, and finding out about the people and interviewing them, it's really having kind of that that sixth sense to get that feeling about, is this person really genuine? Is this person have a work ethic? How do I, you know, what kinds of questions Mm -hmm. can I ask to find out if they've got that work ethic and they've got that loyalty and they've got that, all the stuff. I remember when I hired one of my paralegals, um, you know, I already had another paralegal working for me and I got this call, you know, I'd really like to work for you. I've saw I've seen your website and da 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 all these things and then said I'll work for you for free for you to see what I do. Wow. And I said, really? I had never had anybody ask me, can I work for free? Except interns that I did, you know, from Cal State Fullerton, et cetera. And I said, okay, I'll try out. Well, this particular Lego was so incredible that after a week I said, I'm paying you. And I'm going to pay mm-hmm. you more than you thought because you are incredible. I could just see it right away. I had that mm-hmm. instant connection. I saw what she was doing, what she was willing to do. But she didn't have a lot of um, experience in, you know, you using her paralegal skills. So that was, uh, it was just kind of interesting. So let's talk about yeah, what, what is the biggest gap or the one of the biggest gaps in management training that seems to cause a lot of frustration in the workplace? Well, that's actually, um, there, there's a definitely a gap. And it's actually one of the inspirations of why I decided to start my consulting business. And time and time, this is over 20 years, 
now sometimes I was the owner of my own business, so I was the manager and the owner. But whenever I got promoted to be in charge of, of a group and manage or lead a group, I got trained on the reports that were needed and what the company needed and the the production that was needed. I did not get trained on how to deal with all the people, mm. how to deal with the conflict. I one of the biggest I would say time suckers for a manager is conflicts between employees, which is ironic because what we're talking about, you know, what you're, you deal with. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, someone comes in and she said that, he said this, I don't like what she said, oh, this person did this wrong and I can't stand them and I don't want to work next to them anymore. And <laughs> you have to, as a manager, you're like, oh, well, okay, we need to figure this out. So you, then you got to pull the other person in and sometimes you have to pull HR in and, and so forth and so on. And, but you're not trained on any of that. Right. You're trained on how to pr- get the pr- production or the, the, the goal of the company for that department. And so there's a lot of pieces that aren't tra- you're just never trained on. So that's what I help people with is, is those kind of things. It's unexpected. You're like, wow, oh, I didn't expect this to happen when I became, when I got my promotion. Right. And yeah, that's the missing piece. And, and also when, when you're a peer and all of a sudden, because I've done all this training on, you know, when you go from a peer to a manager, then they look at you like, what are you telling us? what to do you know or now you've mm-hmm. turned against us or something so yeah that's all part of the conflict first dealing with you becoming the manager if you're not like brought in from the outside it's easier if you're brought in Absolutely. from the outside but if you're promoted all of a sudden they've got to look at you differently and um yeah that's uh, that's a real issue and dealing with conflict they do not teach it in, in schools, unfortunately, they're starting to teach like peer mediation and teaching it. But you're right. That is like such a huge issue on how do you deal with, you know, the effect of listening and really repeating back and helping people to understand their own conflict. And as the manager, you don't want to be there in, as a mediator all the time. <laughs> you want to, no. yeah, you want to have people underneath you learn how to manage their own conflict, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, you here you are, you're trying to, you know, set up budgets and doing all these other things. And then you got to deal with, I don't want to be next to her. I don't want to, I don't want to, she's looking at my computer and she's looking at my things. And, you know, I mean, yeah. who wants that, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, they don't teach you that. You know, no. So that that is a a really thing. I just want to talk a little bit about your book because I love the way you set it up, Lisa. You've got all these strategies, and for me, I'm one of these type of people that I want. I want a um, a recipe for how to do mm-hmm. something. And I just want to mention that I really love the way you have all these steps on how to do things, steps on how to interview, steps on how to how to deal with, you know, the management issues and overcoming, you know, the delegation obstacles and all of these things are just really making it easy, you know, and all the different tips for for doing something and interview strategies. So I I really find that really helpful and I'm sure that's how you you know you you teach people as well. So um, that's how to get people to do stuff, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, chapter <laughs> seven called Get People to Do Stuff. I mean, <laughs> and isn't that what we want to do? I mean, that's the whole idea. If you're a manager, you don't want people to say, I don't want to do that. 
Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah, how can you make this work. How yeah, can you make this work for both of us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I love the way you have like um, your communication schedule system, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. on on how to like really schedule this and be organized because people, I think that managers feel overwhelmed. Don't you think? They do. They do feel overwhelmed. Um, there's just, a, like I said in the beginning, that challenge is a lot of moving parts. So especially if you're managing 10 plus people, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. And uh, they all may be clamoring for your attention. And you also need to be the person overseeing overseeing everything. So Yep. And I love chapter four in your book. It says, show the love. And I think that is really going to be the key because people are willing to do more for you when they care for you. You know, I know mm-hmm. when I think back to managers that I've had, I used to be a teacher and when I've had principals or people who I worked for when I was in administration, I think you remember those people that really did care. You could feel that caring, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are just out of time. So would you give your website and um, the oh, name sure. of your book and then it's time to go already. www.employee managementconsulting.com and everyone can just grab a free copy of seven deadly mistakes managers make when hiring when you go there so I wanted to get that out and, and the name of your book, the book. Yeah, the title, the other uh, manage to success a guide to cultivating happy and productive employees and I know that everybody that works for you is happy because whenever I come to the programs that you put on for speakers everybody's happy so thank you so much for being happy and loving and you are wonderful Lisa Reed you're terrific and so we will have you back again when your next book comes out okay alright thank uh, you Mari so much okay thank you you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net I'm Mari Frank join us every Monday morning at 830 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com thanks the opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Don't be the lamb's cry, be the lion's roar. Cause love is worth fighting for, I know, yeah. Love is worth fighting for. Love is worth fighting for.